0: Word Radio On Demand, 96.1 FM and 900 AM WURD, streaming
1: live at (laughs) wordradio.com. We're going to kick off today's show. I appreciate my first host, Tone Barr, setting the tone, setting the bar for us this evening here on WRD. Man, I'm excited to be speaking with him. Coming out of West Philadelphia, the work that he's doing, I think, you know, when it comes down to having a platform, you got to make sure people like him, voices and stories being told. Good evening, Tone. How you feeling? Welcome to WRD. Hey, hey, hey. What's
2: up? It's a pl- here
1: thanks for having me no doubt man I'm excited to have you on a platform to really just talk about the work that you're doing in West Philadelphia the reason why you're doing the work um you're making an impact on our youth and just in the West Philadelphia community in general so please introduce yourself and let the people know exactly they are listening to
2: um how you doing everyone I'm uh Tom Barr community liaison director of Philadelphia It, located 4700 whilelun Avenue
1: no doubt. And so, you know, when it comes down to the work that you're doing in West Philly, you know, why why did you decide to just hone in on the city when it comes to West?
2: Well, West is the area that, I, that I'm that i normally in. So um, it was only right that I start um, with, with my area first. And then once I'm like, um, start making a, more of a bigger impact, I'll start migrating to different parts of the city. But I wanted this to focus on West Philly and um, Southwest because that's originally where I'm from and that's normally where i be at.
1: Mm-hmm. And when you think about, you know, Southwest and just in general, Southwest comes with a stigma to them. You know, people always be like Southwest it's not not so clean <laughs> over there. You know, a lot of things going over there in Southwest. But as you're continuously doing the work, you know, talk to me a little bit about the area in Southwest. What's your thoughts on it? Is it changing? Does it need a little bit more help? Does it need a little bit more attention and focus? I think it does, honestly.
2: Well, I, I agree with you 100%. So, Southwest is, um, that's originally where I'm from. So, um, everything started in Southwest. I grew up on a little small little corner on 46 on Baltimore Avenue. And it's very different from how it was when I grew up. So, now it's just more gentrified. So, um, then my mom, we, we moved to 67 from Elmwood.
1: Okay.
2: And, um, you know, that's where everything that I've, I've been through in life. I um, attribute to Southwest Philadelphia. It made me a stronger person. It made me a better person. Um, There's a lot of good people in Southwest Philly. A lot of prideful people in Southwest. But the resources just don't be there sometimes. Mm-hmm. So that's why I wanted to start. You know, I mean, getting boots on the ground and seeing exactly what is the need. And then from there, we figure out what the need is, and we start trying to supply whatever the
1: need is. And you know, if you if you let Michael Blackston tell it, you know, if you can make it out of Southwest, you can make it anywhere. That's one person <laughs> who rooting for Southwest for sure. But Tony, right. you know, you focus a little bit on trauma, uh, force care as far as behavior, right? Right, when it comes to trauma, making sure that people understand uh, how to deal with trauma, how to go about trauma. Talk to us a little bit about that um, work that you were doing.
2: So, um, I originally um, do work at the um, distinguished. Memorial Chapel Funeral Home on Fifty Seventh in Walusing, but I started off doing funerals um, in two thousand seven at Julian V Hawkins Funeral Home. So I've been dealing with um violence and just trauma since then. But more recently, I started working um volunteering funeral at, at the Youth Study Center, which is the JJ um, JSC, mm-hmm. and just dealing with the kids and um just just being consistent in their life. Once you you sit down with them and you, you talk to them and you dare on a consistent basis. Then you get there to understand some of the stories that these kids go through, and then you uh, understand why is the reason why the certain things are right here. Mm-hmm. We have got a lot of broken homes, um, a lot of gaps when it comes to the resources. Like I said before, a lot of um, a lot of disarray that you know we got to tackle. Like the men got to start being men. That's we right. got to start being more leaders. Um, we got to stop pointing fingers at people and stop worrying about what other people aren't doing for us. And we got to start doing for ourselves. Um, we got to stop waiting for elected officials to do stuff for us. And um, we got to take our communities back. You know what I mean? And it, it got to happen. It don't have to happen a home run. We hit a home run overnight, but we can start, you know what I mean, knocking off some base hits. And you got a lot of good people that's out here doing a lot of good work. You know, you got a lot of young people out here that's doing good work. That's right. So like a lot of the older people can, you know, kick their feet up and relax, but we still need the help of everybody. But it's a lot of young people out here that's doing some good work. Southwest, West Philly, all around. So, um, you know, like, yeah, the trauma is definitely something that we got to tackle, especially inside the school districts. You know, my wife is a principal and before she, she said, she, I mean, she was a teacher at first course she can even start a lesson she's got to be a referee yeah. she got to be a mom she got to be a guidance counselor a
1: coach <laughs> yeah
2: a coach you know what i mean a big sister um and that's and then you do all that then you look up it's only 45 minutes to 50 minutes to a class you look up it's 10 minutes left in the classroom
0: mm-hmm.
2: so you know we just got to do better all around we got to stop accepting what people be giving us too. you know like we can't just accept the nonsense that's going on Out here right now. I
1: agree, agree And so let me ask you this question, right um, Dealing with some of the work that you're doing, you're doing Especially in the funeral home um, It's a stigma that goes goes Along with black men, especially being a black man Working in a funeral home, and it's like You know, statistically proving you are Supposed to be in the funeral home, not Working at the funeral home, but be in it, right So when mm-hmm. you hear that that old statistic Or that old saying, I should say um, I'm, I'm a black man in America I, I probably won't see the age of 18 18, right, so working in a funeral home and seeing these things happen, do you still see that that statistic something to be true?
2: Definitely, um, doing way more janazis which is an Islamic funeral, doing way more janazis for for kids now. It, it used to be a time when I first started, we never really did young kids funerals. I, reason, I say, reason
1: being, or because it wasn't happening as far as the deaths.
2: I'm pre- it wasn't happening as much as prevalent as it is right now you know right now i bury more young people than i do older people
0: hmm.
2: and i'm talking about kids that's young 16 17 15 you know like like i said it used to be a time that we never bury kids now it's, that's just like the common every time i i get a, a call i'm i'm almost certain that it's for a, a young black male mm-hmm. t- that's not over the age of 25 that has a, has a جنازه so it it's it get worse and worse um and it' it's, it, it seems kind of bleak sometimes when you look like well damn when is when is it gonna stop
0: mm-hmm.
2: and I'm a very optimistic person and but I it get to the point where I'm getting sick and tired of it like God damn like <laughs> enough is enough.
1: Yeah. And when and when it even comes down to handling and I want to get back into the work that you're doing in West Philly, but I want to ask you this question when it comes down to handling um, work in a funeral home, is there even trauma informed care there present on the scene to help the employers at the funeral home?
2: No. And, and, and you know, I see what everybody don't see. So, you know, I, I see and I, and I tell the kids this over at the youth study center. I see firsthand what those bullets do to a body. I see what that what those bullets do to a, to flesh. So you know, normally when you come to a funeral, the the body is uh, is already embalmed. The body is already cleaned. It's already in a, in a sheet. is already, you know, in a suit. I'm in the back, you know, what I mean, working on bullet holes. To to, to the, you know, people get shot all over the all over their body, but mm-hmm. you know, I, I see that firsthand. So it, and then there's nothing there to, to bring me off the ledge and say, all right, we well, you know what here's a funeral home pamphlet or, you know what I mean, a funeral home sympathy card for you. Like, no, it's, it's nothing. There's it's nothing out there for us unless I want to get some some, uh, some therapy on, on my own. But I see that firsthand. You know what I mean? It's hard when you got kids in the house and you burying kids. Mm-hmm. For sure. Then it's hard when you working with kids all day long and then, you know, you get a call and it's a 17-year-old. Like, damn, that, that could have been one of the kids I was working with. And, and I have buried kids that I've worked with.
1: And and that was my next question, you know, to get back to what they call at risk youth, right? How would you describe that being boots on the ground, in person, um, right there in front of these kids, and they are considered to be at risk. What's your thoughts on that?
2: Well, they are at risk. They are at risk of being ar- arrested. They are at risk of going to jail. They are at risk of hurting someone. They are at risk of hurting themselves. They are at risk of drug overdose, hmm. drug abuse. Um, They're at risk of sexual um, predators. Um, They are very at risk. And um, it's just hard, you you know, like when you you hear these stories um, on the Internet or on the TV. And then, you know, you go in the the youth study center and you work with these kids and and they really be good kids. But it's just like they get peer pressured. That's a lot of that's what I'm dealing with now with a lot of the kids. They they, they just want to be down. They want to be down. They, they, I mean, they, describe they wanna be that. Accepted. what
1: does that mean? Because I want to be down is different from, you know, to us as 90 babies, millennials. Like being down is a little bit different than what they uh, would describe being down, if if I'm not mistaken. So how would you explain that?
2: Well, they're they, they willing to risk it all hmm. for a name and a reputation. We wasn't ready to risk it all. That part. For, for, <laughs> I had a little bit of fear. Too. Right. <laughs> These kids, man, they like they, they lawless. It's almost like a Gotham City, you know. And you know, you, they get them drugs in them, and they get the wrong pressure in them, and they get the the wrong person in the ear. And then they like they like I said, they're ready to risk it all just for a name, just for a, a reputation. And then, you know, once they come down off that high, and then they realize, like, damn, I did this. It's too late for that. They hadn't already committed a crime. They didn't. One of my kids, he um he left. He went to placement. He's about to come home. Placement is um like a kitty jail almost
0: mm-hmm.
2: with the placement. He was ready to come. He was ready to come home. And he got charged with it with non-attempted murders
1: mm.
2: that he did two years ago.
1: Mm. So he thought he got away with it, but it caught back up to him. Exactly. Mm.
2: Exactly. And here tell- he is. He's 17 years old with mm-hmm. non-attempted murders. Yeah. Non-attempted that- murders. But and then, you know, he's always walking around and I didn't even realize that he was even out there doing the dirt that he was doing. He's always bragged to me about certain things. But, you know, how some people, you know, when, when you're behind the walls, people just talk to me, talking and trying to get a reputation. I didn't even know that he was even out there doing it. because, like I said, he was such a good kid to me. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when they when they around the wrong crowd, they liable to do anything.
1: Mm-hmm. and that's one of the things i want to talk about on the other side of this break tone we're about to go to a quick commercial break again we tapped in with tone bar west philly's own um Tone, how can they stay connected to you before we go to this break
2: uh you can catch me on instagram at tone po5 t-o-n-e p-o-5
1: all right we about to go to a quick commercial break again it's your girl poc i'm filling in for james this evening stay locked we'll be right back
0: Where's the professor? check, one, two, here we go.
3: And now back to Evening Words with Dr. James Peterson on WURD
1: Progressive Black Talk Media yep yep today yep yep you already know what time it is man it's your girl poc turn your radios up spread the word spread the message man we live right now evening word is about 29 minutes past the top of the hour it's tuesday february the 20th i'm excited to be guest hosting this evening man stay locked you know i want you to be a part of the conversation everything we do is a football effect. It's for you and about you 215-634-8065 toll free 1-866-361-0900 we are also live you can see my face and my guest beautiful face on facebook right now at forward word you can tweet us at onward and also on instagram at onward as well we got a special guest on the line we got a call on the line before we get back to our special guest tone bar good afternoon melvin from Roxborough. how you feeling i'm doing well how are you i'm good thank you for calling in this evening
0: yes who Who are you can you introduce yourself to
1: us oh I, my name is poc i'm your guest host for this evening.
0: I know, but what, what also we know Dr. Peterson, we know he went to, you know, University of Penn, we know his academic stuff, we know what he has done, and I just need to know that we should, I'm just trying to find out you replacing him, who are we actually talking to, but I'm gonna let you do that a little later on this, so I'm gonna give you just two things. I usually ask the host to write these things down, but I'm gonna just run them past you because I heard your guest, and your guest is in Southwest. But there would have been two questions I would have asked your guest.
1: He said online, you can ask your question.
0: Has he seen the resource and the um, grant book that's given out by the state, usually by the state rest? And if he has, does he have himself set up with a 501c3 or 501c4? And with his initiative, he has the demographics of Southwest, but does he know if it's an empowerment zone or if it's a common zone? And And if he knows all of those things, then the grant money could possibly come his way. He may need to partner up with somebody because he doesn't have those experience, which he can do that with Drexel, Pecom, or University of Penn. Because I don't, I, one thing I hear from the station is people holler North Philly, people holler West Philly, people holler South Philly, but you got to tell me to integrate a uh, uh, grant funding sources that go to these neighborhoods. I don't really want to hear anybody else tell me I do it from the muscle. Why well, mm-hmm. do it from the heart? Why well, do it? Well, other people do it from the grant. That's so, real.
1: And that's real. And Melvin, that's why we, that's why we pre, uh, create platforms like this. So people who are doing the work can be heard. And I'm sure Tone is going to uh, be a testament to that because he is someone who is doing the work. Um, and thank you for your questions today and for more information about me. Again, you can find more information about me by myself at revive underscore POC. And my website is also reviveisalive.com. But Tone, I want to bring you back into today's conversation as well. Um, when it comes down to the work that you're doing, you know, just to make sure that, um, you can credit yourself to the work that you're doing please again reintroduce yourself for the listening audience
2: hey what's going on everybody i'm tone bar community liaison director of the philadelphia mass jet located at 4700 walloucing
1: avenue Oh, doubt tone you know so when it comes down to listening to someone like melvin you know who has questions about um someone who's doing it on a grassroots level what's your thoughts because i think grassroots initiatives are still needed
0: Well,
2: everything I do is is, is grass-rooted. I I haven't had the luxury of getting any funding for anything that I do. So um, the funding that normally happens for all of my initiatives are normally, first and foremost, I give thanks to God for making um, things possible. But secondly, from friends, you know, know, I got a, a long list of people that I reach out to. And then when you start talking about, like, the government funding and the 501c3s and all that kind of stuff, Sometimes you fill that stuff out and then they only, like, it goes on, the majority of the time it goes on deaf ears. It goes to the same get-along gang of people who get the grants and all that kind of stuff. So sometimes you get burnt out from even doing it. So, no, I don't have a 501c3. Um, I try many times to, like, talk this. Well, let me say this. Jamie Gautier, um, Councilwoman Jamie Gauthier. she helps out all the time mm-hmm. with me. So I can always go to her. She's a real one, she boots on the ground. She's not just a, a politician. She's like a neighborhood hero. She's always there for me whenever I need her. Um Commissioner Omar Sabir. They always help me out. But I don't do things I don't have the luxury of getting I've, I haven't gotten any grant money from anywhere. Like anything I do is normally just for me reaching out to friends or me me doing it myself.
1: And I honestly, um, when it comes down to the work that you're doing, you know, you already know I support the work that you're doing and I also support other grassroots initiatives because, um, majority of the time, the people who are receiving the grants are not necessarily boots on the ground. They're utilizing the resources of the people who are physically on the ground talking to these people every day, all day, and then taking the work that they're doing and trying to turn it into to something that they can partner on or collaborate on. So I definitely, definitely understand the, you know, when you talk about the having the luck Luxury because it is a luxury um, when you are even educated enough to even know how to go about doing these type of things you know a lot of people are just so passionate that they jump into the work and then they're continuously doing the work based off of passion and not necessarily looking for um, some type of residual as far as an income that comes with it but I I, I, I see what Melvin's coming from and I, I love what you're doing at the same time tone but I want to jump back into it you know when it comes down to the work in West Philly with the um, actual Food situation when it comes down to the pantry, right? You're actually helping the city of Philadelphia because a lot of the places in Philly have food deserts. You know, so when you think about the food deserts in Southwest and West Philadelphia, how has the pantry helped?
2: Great. um You know, the, the food pantry, we started doing that maybe almost like eight, nine months ago. Started off, you know, me and a friend had an idea. We started off maybe serving maybe like 60 people. And we all way up to about being like 400 families we feed every Thursday. So it's been a huge, it's been a huge, huge response from this, from the, like the, the, the community, my members. Um, and then actually some of the people who were standing in line to receive the food actually took time out to start volunteering with us because we always need volunteers Every Thursday, because it's a lot of work that go into actually running the pantry. Uh-huh. So I was very grateful for the people you to come out and help. And it's become like a family situation where, where everybody looks forward to come out and serving the families every Thursday. And we added the extra notch, too. So now not only are we giving out free groceries, now we're giving out hot meals every Thursday. So we, we um, teamed up with local restaurants such as So Greedy, that's on 45th and Locust, um, Black Owned. She donates her her time and her product to come and give us food. We had Cottons, which which located on Fifty Second. I Bruce. love Cottons
1: Place. Shout out to Cottons Place.
2: They came out and, and donated food. Um, Jim Steaks, which recently back open back in, um, on on Sixty Second in College Hill, they donated food um, for us. Um, size Money um, Size Money Bags, who owns a restaurant in North Philly, she donated food to us. It, and it's been great, you know, like, it's, and it's not a soup kitchen. We're not serving soup and crackers. We're serving mm-hmm. good food to the, to the people, mm-hmm. you know, like, oh, my friend from Rafiq's uh, crab plug gave us crabs last week. We was able to give 200 people crabs last week and we was, wasn't was giving them one crab, we giving them <laughs> six crabs per person.
3: hmm
1: you know, and even when it comes down to the initiative, what did it come from? Did you guys see the need and you said, Hey, let me fill this void? Or did the people come to you and start asking you, like, Hey, can you help me out? Um, I'm low on food.
2: No, well, I, you know, I never go to the market. So one day I, I went to the market did grab some, I went to go get some eggs or milk. And I was like, Damn, eggs is $5, $6. I'm like, Whoa, what the hell? Oh, you got to watch knew. your mouth i for us. I'm sorry. I never knew how much food was. So um, I went to a friend and and he had a connection on food. So I'm like, well, let's, let's start a food, uh, a food supermarket up in the, in the community. Because I, like I said, I never knew that food was that much. And then, you know, with the food stamps, people was getting shorted on food stamps and stuff. So I just wanted to create something that we all could benefit in the community.
1: And that's exactly what's happening, you know. And when you look at people who are actually uh, taking p- taking part of the initiative, you know, actually taking the food home, what are some of the feedback? What are some of the testimonies that you're receiving from these folks?
2: Oh, they love it. You know, some people say that they they, they can't get through the week without coming um, coming through here, feeding you know, making sure that people are actually getting through the week, not through the month. We, we're supplying them with enough food to get them through the week, and they come back next week and. um there's one lady in particular. She comes and she shows me um, pictures of the food that she makes for the week. So that's really good. Um, people, it's just been a great response, you know, just to put a smile on people's face. Just from simple as something that we, as some people take for granted, something as simple as food. You know, some people just don't have enough food. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's been a, a great response. And then sometimes we, we um, started something where we deliver food to the elderly homes for the people who can't make it over to us and mm-hmm. they they love it. They they like they be ecstatic that like I said, something that certain people take for granted. Some people you know, it's like it's do a die. Mhm
1: hmm. And so my last question, I want to ask you before I let you go this evening again, I thank you for coming through on WRD, you know, I'm um, sharing your story, sharing your testimony of the work that you're doing in the Philadelphia community, you know, um, and I wanted to ask because, you know, when it came down to our caller Melvin, he got me really thinking like um, as far as just having the luxury to go out and get a 501c3 becoming a nonprofit. And once you becoming a nonprofit being actually funded by, you know, whether a city or federal government to continue to do the work that you're doing, or even state government to continue to do the work that you're doing. I wanted to just ask you by you being um, a grassroots uh, initiative, a grassroots leader, uh, being a part of the Philadelphia community, what is one of your biggest obstacles or challenges that you face while doing the work that you're doing?
2: Um, You got different organizations fighting with each other over grant money. You got our own people say bad things about you. You got your own, you got people who won't come out and help, but they'll criticize everything you do. Um, (laughs) I came up with an initiative called Philadelphia United is one. So the initiative was that if we truly empathy, like really care about the community, then we'll put petty griefs to the side. We'll put petty beefs to the side and we'll work together. So, the same issues that I face when I come out of 4700 while Avenue, which is my master, the pastor right across the street on 47th and Lansdowne is facing the same issues. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to talk about religion. You know, we'll debate all day long. Let's talk about the issues that we're facing out here in the community. So, like, my thing is, like, working together and building alliances with people. The biggest hurdle is getting out of our own way. You know, we if we work together then we can fix some of these problems. And like I said, we don't got to hit home runs. We can hit base hits, and then we'll get on base, and we'll figure out what the problem is. And so many times the, I, I notice what the problem is. People already come with game plans and solutions to certain issues. I really feel as though like you really got to talk to the people and figure and ask them. You talk to, the, you, you talk to some of these kids who carrying guns and got records ask them what's going on with them first mm-hmm. and then you come up with a solution and problem you can't already go into thinking that oh i, I know what this gonna work because it worked 20 years ago like oh no, like you're dealing with a different breed of kid right now you're dealing with different issues out here so mm-hmm. um just like when i go into town hall meetings and you know it's a lot of older people in the room but it's no younger people in the room like of course like all the older people are tired of like people getting shot and killed and all that kind of stuff. But when are you bringing in the younger kids to see exactly what's going on with them, to talk to them? Mm-hmm. So I, I feel as though it's a, it's a big gap in between, you know, the youth and the, and the elders. I definitely agree bridge that. that. Gap. We need to bridge the gap between the churches and the mass mm-hmm. to work together. And we need to, we need to start listening more to each other. And, you know, and really, like I said, it was really about the issues and, and and what we're facing out here then we won't be worrying about no grant money. We won't be worrying about bickering about stuff that's not relevant. We'll work together and try to tackle some of these issues because there's more than enough work to be done.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I definitely more agree with you. Work to be done. I definitely agree with you. And I feel like, you know, for people who are actually doing the work, the grant should be coming after them versus the you going after the grants. Um, But we're stuck in a society where it's always going to be the opposite way around. But we got one call on the line before I let you go, just in case they got a question for you, Tone. Um, we got George from Center City. Good afternoon. Thank you for calling in this evening.
3: Hey, you know what? I like the young man. I like his whole energy. But you got to learn the rules of the game. Uh What Brother Prince told you is right. Whether you like it or not, you got to get a 501c3. You got to know how to network and, you know, whose food you eat is whose song you sing. If they're eating your food, they sing your song. You know, and and those elected officials you name, they ain't going to do nothing for you. They might <laughs> give you little crumbs. But remember, the grant writers is the one. You do all this work. Then those elected officials get one of their little grant writing friends or get their proposal written and they give them the money. Take a, just learn a lesson from Kensington. Hmm. Kensington, all those people been there for like 15, 20 years doing the work. You got people only been there like 30 to 60 days. They getting what? Like, uh, 50 to $60,000 a month minimum. The people who've been working there all that time might be getting 15 to $25,000 a month. They can talk all that stuff they want. If you don't have no money, you have nothing. So let me ask you this question, George. Let
1: me ask you this question because we got to go to a commercial break, right? So you said that the people that's been there working 20, 30 years um, are getting the chump change to $20,000 grants. But the people who just walked in there um, and and see that there is a problem and say that, they hey, they want to fix it and they're receiving sixty five, seventy thousand dollars $70,000 of grants. Um, How do you how do you you feel about that? The fact that people have been on the boots on the ground 35 years and the people come in two months, three months, and they're getting the, the, the money that the people who've been doing the work this whole time deserve.
3: I don't like it at all. But if you're not at the table, I mean, what you can't even get in the room. And, you know, a lot of people take their pride. I'm not dealing with this. I'm not, Look, in this business, you have to deal with it all. You have to learn how it's done. Nobody changed the rules for you. And the little bit that you get is all great and good. But you only can go to businesses and people a couple, a few times before they start feeling it. But if somebody's getting it for free, like take Ron over at Allegheny West, one of the best people in this city, he feeds people every other week. He feeds maybe a thousand to two thousand people who come get food. I mean, top of the line food. That's what what he's doing is great. I, I appreciate what he's doing and saying. But if somebody likes you, And somebody respect what you was doing. They would teach you how it's done. It's
1: like we appreciate you doors. Thank you for your comments. Thank you for giving us a call. That's what this platform is for, man. And make sure you give us a call two one five six three four eight zero sixty five toll free, one, eight, six, six, three, six, one, zero, nine hundred. Tone, I want to give you a chance to respond before we let you go. And again, I thank you this evening and also tell the people that I can find more about you Um, if you want to give your social media and your website that good stuff.
2: Um, so I'm Tone Bar, community liaison, director of the Philadelphia Master. Once again, I can be reached out um, at Tone Poe on Instagram, T-O-N-E-P-O-5. I, I, I understand what um, both of the brothers are saying, but, you know, sometimes it don't really be the message. It's how the message be delivered. You know, when the first brother called, it seemed like he was a little agitated. And that, and, that's, and that's how we' saying, like, it'd be a disconnect between the elders and the younger generation. I'm not saying that I'm younger, but I'm pretty sure I'm younger than those two brothers. But you know, we 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 do need more classes on grant right? and, and all that kind of stuff, hundred percent. But it's not there. Like nobody's nobody really give out no free grant right? uh, uh, uh classes in the hood. And you know these these nonprofits they fight over that money. You know I know I know firsthand. Nonprofits that that fight over money, you know, and then when they don't get it, it's like, all right, I lost the love for for, for the cause. And like, no, the cost still is going on, you know. If you if, if you gonna get it done, then you going gonna get it done. But I understand what the brother is saying. But you know, I figure out a way to make things happen without getting a five hundred one c three. And if I don't have to get one, yeah, and I continue to do the work that I'm doing, then that's the way I'm gonna do it. But it's hard, you know. It's really hard to. To actually secure one of those grants, unless you know the right person, you know, politics play a part in everything. So if you're not if you're not dealing with the right people, then you get looked over those grants. Those grants come out and you got so many people going after the same grant and you know normally not and there's a thing
1: called gatekeepers you know we can't ignore right. you can't ignore that as well Tone man Tone I right. appreciate you and and again I, I, I encourage you how, get it how you live it you know if you are able to continue to do the work the way that you're doing it your community appreciates you the people that you're serving is appreciated they keep coming back because they appreciate the work that you're doing and it's working in your favor and again um, you put God first and I think that everything will continue to roll out for you so Tone I, thank I appreciate you, you. No, no doubt and I continue I to look it. forward to stay connected for sure we about to go Go to a quick commercial break Um, And I'll hit you up soon To make sure that You know we continue To tell your story And the things that you're doing
0: You've been listening To Word Radio On Demand Listen live at 96.1 FM 900 AM And online at Wordradio.com